It's wonderful to be in the presence of the Lord on this Sunday before Christmas. And hasn't this already been just such a beautiful morning? Giving praise to God, commemorating and reflecting upon that night that our Lord and Savior was born. Amen. The long-awaited Messiah. Amen. We're going to look to the word of the Lord uh, this morning. And, and I'll invite your attention to the book of Numbers chapter 6. And, and I'd like to read beginning at the 22nd verse. Now, I know Numbers chapter 6 isn't, you know, the normal scriptural passage that we use for Christmas uh, readings. But I just want to take us back to an ancient blessing that really started it all. Numbers chapter 6, beginning with verse 22. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. And by the help of the Lord this morning, I would just like to preach to you on this subject. It's simply this. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Praise God. It's who it is. It's Jesus. Could we lift up our voices together and, and pray to the Lord and ask his blessing upon the rendering of his word. Lord, your word is so sacred and so holy. Your word is so pure and undefiled. Lord, we are nowhere near worthy handling it, but God, by your great grace and loving kindness, you allow us this opportunity to open the words of eternal life. And I pray today that you will help us to deliver your word and help us to receive your word. God, we thank you for your presence that fills this house. May it fill every heart. In the precious name of the Lord, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Christmas is that special time of year. Somebody once called it the most wonderful time of the year. And, uh, and you know, we have the Christmas enthusiasts among us who start listening to Christmas carols in... June. And, amen. Let's see, there they are, clapping unto the Lord for Christmas carols in June. Amen. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with it. Then you, then you, of course, have the Christmas unenthusiasts who may let you turn on a Christmas carol on December 24th at 10 o'clock p.m. And, uh, and it just, you just, yeah, there we have the clappers there too. And, <laughs> It just is what it is. But, but for those who have truly tapped in to the, to the uh, love of all things Christmas. And folks, those who love Christmas, they love Christmas. And they want to celebrate it. And they want, they, they, there's just something special about it. And, and there are some uh, who have a, a conviction against it because you know, we do know that there have been for years and years, there have been those who have worshipped uh, pagan entities at this time of year. And, and so it, 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 it bothers some people that, that there are those who take time to commemorate Jesus at this time of year. My take on it is simply that, you know what, whoever got worshipped whenever, I'm just glad that in 2021, everybody's talking about Jesus. Amen. So I think we just kind of took over whatever holiday they used to have and said, we're going to praise Jesus and worship the Lord with all of our hearts. And you know what? That's the beautiful thing is that it's not just one day a year for us. Every day we're celebrating his arrival. We're celebrating his life. 
And we just get excited this time of year because everybody's talking about it. On every street corner you hear, amen, silver bells. And so it's just, it's just the most wonderful time of the year. And the songs capture that. There's this, there's this little buzz. There's this little uh, giddy-up, if you please. And you just hear those uh, sleigh bells uh, jing, jingling, ring-ting, tingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Outside, the snow is falling, and friends are calling you who? Amen. And, and it's exciting. There is a warmth. There is a, an appreciation for one another that, that settles in on us at this time of year. And, and there's no real way to describe it. I mean, from hot cocoa to hot fire in the hearth to loved ones gathering together, there's a generosity that kind of uh, envelops people. They want to they wanna give more than they give at other times of the year. They, they want to set aside their complaints. They want to set aside their differences. And they want to they want to come together, and they just want to show love one to another. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. I remember growing up, and we had we had just at that this time of year was what everybody looked forward to. The rest of the world kind of came to a holy hush. Things kind of paused. Kids came out of school. Businesses started to give uh, bonuses and. And uh, the, the office place began to have little gatherings and, and parties and uh, for toasting, marshmallows for roasting. And there just seemed to be, a, in the air, a feeling of Christmas. And, uh, and, and it, it, you know, growing up we had Grandma and Grandpa Urshan's house. My sister is here. And we had Grandma and Grandpa Stafford's house. Both had their own traditions, the Staffords were all American, so it was, it was uh, pot roast and mashed potatoes and carrots and it was gravy. I mean, it was just, it was, that was Christmas at Grandma Stafford's house. And slicks, we had slicks. And then at Grandma Urshan's house, was, it was, we were Persian, so it was grape leaves and dolma and kipti and kibbe. And, and if you've never had it, you just need to bless yourself. It's... Uh, Wonderful Mediterranean fare and cuisine. And, and that was Christmas. And there was, a, there was a warmth. And people came from all around the, the country, wherever they were located. They just they picked up and they found where the family was. And they got together and they took a break from the, from the hustle and the bustle. And they sat down and actually actually thought about their loved ones and went out and purchased something they thought their loved one might like and gave it to them and as a gift for just no apparent reason. I mean, it's not their birthday. It's not an anniversary. They're not getting married. It's, it's Christmas, whatever that means. It's, it's just that time of year uh, when the world falls in love and, uh, and people begin to feel what we call cheer, what we call merry what we call joy to the world, and, and it's a unique dynamic. Now, I, I think it's interesting that these, these, various, uh, these various realities that are at play in each of our, our families and lives, this is the way that it happens this time of year, but, but I want you to know that this is not something that is uncommon to the believer. The believer is always in a mode of operation when it comes to forgiving, gathering together, loving one another, being generous, feeling warmth. And, 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 and yet the whole world stops and realizes that's an important thing to do at this time of year. And you have to, have to understand the uniqueness of that. I mean, the Christmas industry, and it is an industry, has successfully poeticized and romanticized winter. What is enjoyable about winter? But, it, but this is, they have been successful in making you enjoy it. Nobody loves winter in January. 
Nobody loves winter in February. I mean, I want there to be snow falling. I want there to be, some folks love winter. Some folks just want winter all year round. And they, they uh, enjoy that. But now, when it comes to Christmas, it doesn't matter how cold it gets. The song says, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. You know that's describing frostbite. That's literally a symptom of hypothermia. A life-threatening condition. And we love it. We're just like Jack Frost nipping at your nose. In the meadow, we can build a snowman? Are you serious? You know what a meadow is. A meadow is grass and wild flowers and little bees buzzing. And that's, that's a meadow. But we're building a snowman in the meadow. Because the meadow has died. All the grass has died. All the flowers have died. There's enough snow in the meadow that we can gather it. We can roll it. We can build massive balls of snow out of it and build a snowman. And people love it. They talk about dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Or the fields we go laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits high and fly. and All kinds of things. It's just... A romanticized version of winter. Winter, responsible for the deaths of many. Winter, many communities have never, have not survived this terrible time of the year. And yet when it's Christmas time, we're going to get that hot cocoa. We're going to build that fire. We're going to just love one another and we're going to enjoy winter. It's the, it's the actual definition. Of making the best of a bad situation. What are you going to do when the snow is falling? Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. The weather outside is frightful, but the fire inside is so delightful. And this is the, this is the approach that the world has taken. Now, what is interesting to me is that the Christmas carols, and our very beloved sister uh, Carol Durst uh, passed away this year. I love goes out to her family and uh, and I began to consider as we were as we were pondering her life this idea of a carol we don't call them Christmas songs we call them Christmas carols and there's a difference between a Christmas uh, a carol and a song a, a a song is just that it's a song but a carol is more than a song it's a a song and a leap and a dance and a joy it's a it's a happiness that that overtakes the melody that's why the that's why the, the instruments even act differently when you're listening to a Christmas carol. They pop and they jump and they leap around the keys. And you can tell when you're hearing a carol versus a, a song because of its, of its happiness, of its joy, of its melodic, of its melodic adventure. And, and, and so it's an interesting thing, these Christmas carols. But as I begin to observe them a little more closely... Many of the Christmas carols that we have come to know in our traditional Christmas celebrations were written by people who are Jews. Jewish people, Israeli people, wrote many of our Christmas carols. Now, not the ones that mention Jesus or exalt Jesus. Silent Night, not, not Silent Night or Joy to the World or Hark the Herald Angels Sing or Oh Holy Night or God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. But the songs that have to do with the warmth and the appreciation of Christmas, they, they captured that and began to describe the feeling that one gets when it becomes Christmas time. So when our soldiers were off to war and they were struggling against the powers of, of the mid-20th century that were trying to take over the world and their family was at home enjoying Christmas, a young Jewish man by the name of Irving Berlin began to put pen to paper and began to put himself in their shoes and said, I bet they're just dreaming of being at home where the treetops are glistening and children are listening to hear sleigh bells in the snow. And he wrote the song White Christmas and romanticized this idea of snow covering the ground and dripping from the trees. And, you know, you walk out of your house on a, 
on a snowy morning and you've got to go to work and you've got a limited amount of time and you've got some shoveling to do and you've got some scraping to do and you've got some defrosting to do, you're not dreaming of a white Christmas at that particular moment. But this young man captured the essence that people feel around this time of year and they want to be with family and those that they love. Another young Jewish man <clears throat> began to write a song about city sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style, happy people meeting smile after smile. On every street corner you'll hear silver bells. And these silver bells were in reference to the, the ringing of bells for those proclaiming the needs of the needy. And, and as he listened to those who were ringing the silver bells, he began to be inspired to write. There's just something, and he coined the term, in the air there's a feeling of Christmas. Now these are, are, are Jewish composers and writers. They, they talked about sleigh rides and winter wonderlands. And, and they talked about families gathering. They, they said, have yourself a merry little Christmas. And they talked about there's no place like home for the holidays. They even said, I'll be home for Christmas. You can count on me. These were all people, individuals of a Jewish persuasion who did not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But they recognized something special happens in the last two, three, four weeks of the year. And for some people... From June 1st to January 1st. Something special happens at this time of year. And that is that the whole world looks at one another differently. And says I don't want to hold a grudge anymore. The whole world begins to look upon each other and say. I, I want to express to you how much you have meant to me this past year. I don't know if I've told you this but you mean a lot to me. And I appreciate who you are. And these young composers who, who don't accept that Jesus is the Christ began to describe what Christ is all about. And they began to say, it's like, it's like you're sitting in your living room and the snow is falling outside and there's a, there's a fire in the fireplace and, and loved ones have gathered near and and. And friends are coming by and singing on the doorstep of your home. That's what Christ is really supposed to be all about. It's, it's, kind of like, it's kind of like the world around you is falling apart, but you're nestled safely inside this place that you have created for you and your family. And, and everybody that comes in, they just they stomp the snow off their boots and, and they take their coat and their hat off and they set it aside and they sit by the fire and they, and they eat grandma's favorite recipe and they, and they share stories of old and they talk about things that have been in the past and they talk about dreams for the new year. That's what Christ is really all about. These individuals of the Jewish persuasion who were brought up and trained and raised on the prophecies of Old Testament prophets who said, just wait and see, he's coming. He's coming with healing in his wings. They heard these Old Testament prophets say, there's coming a day when the wolf will lay down with the lamb. There's coming a day when, when the, the lion will eat grass like oxen. He won't, pre, he won't prey upon the innocent and the vulnerable animals in the field. But like an oxen, the, the lion will, will eat grass. And there will be no predator. And there will be no violence. And there will be no theft. There will be no burglary. There will be no murder. There will be no fear. That's what, that's what is going to happen when Messiah comes. And then Messiah came. And when Messiah came, they didn't accept him. He didn't come like they wanted him. He didn't come in on a stallion. He came in on a donkey. He wasn't, he wasn't heralded by, by all the kings of the earth. Instead, he was, he was spoken of in fields where shepherds were watching their flocks by night. And he was in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes which was 
typifying his, his real purpose for being in the world was to be a sacrificial lamb, not a celebrated, not a celebrated potentate. That he would take upon himself the form of a servant and they wanted him to take upon himself the form of a magistrate. But, but that's not who he is. And, and when he came, they just dismissed him. The Bible says that Jesus came unto the world and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. It does not say they didn't know him. It says they did not receive him. They knew who he was because he fulfilled every prophecy of the prophet Isaiah. He fulfilled every prophecy of the prophet Micah. He fulfilled every prophecy of the prophet David. He fulfilled every prophecy of the prophet Moses. He fulfilled every prophecy of the prophet Zechariah. But, but he didn't fulfill their personal fleshly desire for how he would be the king they wanted him to be. Just as they rejected Samuel in favor of a Saul, they rejected Jesus in favor of a king the world would accept. But I want you to know today you can't replace Jesus with anything that this world has to offer. No, it is Jesus that gives peace. It is Jesus that gives joy. It is Jesus that brings comfort to our soul. It is Jesus that touches us when we are in desperate need of a healing in our body, mind, or spirit. It is Jesus that will put your family back together. It is Jesus that will heal your marriage. It is Jesus. Hallelujah. You can light up the Christmas tree. You can hang the garland. You can hang the stockings with care in hopes that St. Nicholas will soon be there. You can get Ma in her kerchief and pawn her cap or however that turned out and, and do all the things you want to do. But you won't have peace until you have Jesus. You won't have joy until you have Jesus. My God, you won't have joy until you have Jesus. You won't have love in your home and in your heart until you have Jesus. And it is the desire, it is the desire of the world. And it's, it's really expressed and illustrated in these songs that we sing. And they do, man, I'm telling you what, you just, you just turn you on a little fire. And you get a little Nat King Cole or Bing Crosby or Frank Sinatra. You just have them start singing about Christmas. And man, you start feeling good and peaceful. Somebody recently described their goal in creating this real expressive Christmas environment. They have 110 acres of a Christmas extravaganza. And it's, and it's everywhere you look, it's Christmas, Christmas, the North Pole Express and reindeer and Santa and and home for the holidays and lights and, and, and they're just so excited to share it with people. And they interviewed the gentleman about his goal for this. And this is what he said. He said, I want people to be able to come here and escape it all. I want them to come here and be good to each other and love each other. And then, and then when they have to go back to the real world. And that's where I thought, see, that's the difference. This is our real world. This isn't a fairy tale. Strife isn't normal. Division isn't normal. Hatred isn't normal. Holding grudges is not normal. Not forgiving, that's not normal. It's not normal to hate somebody in your world. It's, oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. If you'll ever come into Jesus and let him put his name on you, you're going to find a new normal and you're going to love it. It'll be like sitting by the fireside all year long, sipping hot cocoa all year long, sleigh bells jingling, ring ting tingling all year long. You'll be forgiving. You'll be loving. You'll be hopeful. You'll be excited for the next day. Work won't feel like work. 
I said work won't feel like work and it won't feel hard to love somebody. It won't feel hard to forgive somebody. My Lord. If you think, I want to know, anybody here been forgiven? Anybody been forgiven by the blood of Jesus? Doesn't that feel good to know that he washed your sins away? Doesn't that feel good to know that when you couldn't help yourself, God stepped in and brought you out of a miry clay and set your feet up on a rock to stay? You don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be here. It's by the mercy of God that we're alive. It's by the mercy of the Lord that we're in this house, worshiping him together in the beauty of holiness. It is only by the mercy of God. If you think it feels good to be forgiven, you just wait till you start being forgiving. Now that feels good. It feels good to take that mercy God gave to you and give it to somebody else. And you say, yeah, but you don't know how they treat it. Uh-oh, see, 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 you're trying to have Christmas without Jesus. Yeah, but they were really mean to me. They were, they were horrible to me, and they meant it. See, you're trying, to, you're trying to replace your sorrow with some hot cocoa and some Christmas songs. You're trying to escape it all, and then you got to go back to the real world. I'm not going back to the real world, whatever that is. This is where I live. I live in a place called peace. I live in a place called love. And no, I'm sorry. I refuse to be offended at anybody. I refuse to be offended. God loved me when I was offensive. I want them to know what that feels like. I want them to know what that feels like. I want them to know, I want them to know what it feels like to say, listen, listen, just don't worry about it. I love you and I still love you. I want them to know, be at peace, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Now I'm going to tell you something. Notice the, I want you to notice the, the, the sequence of that statement from the angels, okay? How many love peace on earth? How many love goodwill toward men? Before they said any of that, they said, glory to God in the highest. You can't have peace on earth till you give glory to God in the highest. You can't have goodwill toward men until you give glory to God in the highest. My Lord. This world is trying to achieve peace without Jesus. They're trying to achieve love without Jesus. This is why this is why this is why we cannot be judgmental or condemning of our world because they're just simply they're looking for the same thing we have. We just have to understand they're worshiping the unknown God. And we as believers in Jesus Christ who have been brought out of darkness, we can't look down our self-righteous sanctimonious nose who are we? We have no right to look at anybody as being less than us. We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We ought to just be grateful to be here in His presence. So we don't get judgmental or condescending or holier than thou. We just keep lifting up Jesus. We just keep exalting Jesus. You want peace? It's Jesus. You want love? It's Jesus. You want joy? It's Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus explained to the Pharisees one day. He said, search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. Now, he's telling people to search the scriptures who can quote the scriptures front and back. He's telling people to search the scriptures who are looking at him saying, name it, chapter and verse. I'll quote it to you. So he's being very audacious. But he can be because he is the scriptures. They may know how to quote the word, but he is the word. So when he says search the scriptures, you better search those scriptures. It doesn't matter how many you can quote or how many you learned or what you think you know about it. You can quote it front and back and miss the whole point. 
And Jesus said, search those scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And he was right. They thought by memorizing these scriptures and doing everything that the scriptures of the Old Testament told them to do, that they would have eternal life. What they failed to understand was that that the scriptures were requiring this, but humanity could never achieve it. And so the only individual who could ever achieve it, Pastor Sizemore, was Jesus. So he said, you're trying to live up to a standard you can never achieve anyway. And so he said, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. They're all talking about me. So when it talks about a lion eating grass like oxen, it's me that takes the predatory instinct out of that lion. tells you that you can ascend into the hill of the Lord. It's not you who can ascend there. It's Jesus who can ascend there. And then by his grace and his goodness, he allows us to do the same. Hallelujah. Psalm 144 verse number 9 says, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Ten stringed instrument. A ten-stringed instrument. You know, five strings is a, and six strings is a pretty innovative instrument. But he said, I got ten different strings. What note do you want? I will, I will play this thing. I'll be moving all up and down these strings. I'll be hitting notes you never heard before. Praise him upon the ten-stringed instrument. Will I sing praises unto thee? Verse 12. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth. That our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace. I want to tell you something. When you live for God, God's going to bless you and he's going to bless your family. And I rebuke every lie of the devil that has told you otherwise. Sometimes people don't believe that. They think it's up to chance and it's up to luck whether or not their kids will serve the Lord. But we refuse that in Jesus' name. We stand upon these promises and we raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You did the right thing, mom and dad, by having your children on this platform this morning singing praise unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Don't stop doing that. They're living in a violent world. Bring them, hallelujah, to the house of safety. Bring them to this place where they can sing praises unto God. I know outside the snow is falling. And friends are calling. You who? But get them in the house of God. Hallelujah. Let the blizzard blow. Let the snow fall. Let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. I know the world is getting colder and the flowers are dying. I know that the tree branches don't have leaves or fruit in our world today. But oh friend, when you walk into this place, it's warm in the house of the king. It's friendly. There's love. There's joy. There's there's gentleness. There's generosity. There's compassion. There's cheer. It's warm here. Our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth. That our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace. That our garners may be full. You're going to be blessed. I said you're going to be blessed. Affording all manner of store that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets. That our oxen may be strong to labor. That there be no breaking in. My Lord have mercy. You better claim these blessings. You say, well that doesn't sound like the blessing I've been getting. That's because you haven't claimed it. You haven't been standing on these promises. You're out here believing whatever lie the devil comes across and tells you. 
what you, what you say, well, but I, I can see, and with my own eyes, I'm looking. This is my reality. You know what? You begin to declare things that are not as though they were, and it'll start happening. My God, you begin to speak the word of life. You begin to declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You might be raising an absolute rebel. You begin speaking life. Don't you give in to speaking what your eyes are seeing. You begin to declare life and say, you will serve the Lord. You are going to serve the Lord. God is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will be with you all the days of your life. He will never leave you. He'll go with you under the ends of the earth. So many believers have missed out on blessings because they stopped believing the promises of God. And they started believing what was created around them. I refuse. This is my only truth. My truth is not what I see with my eyes. My truth is what the Lord hath spoken. Hallelujah, that our garners may be full, that there be no breaking in nor going out. Listen to this, that there is no complaining in our streets. Woo, you know that's a miracle. My Lord, have mercy. You imagine living in a world where people stop complaining. Have you thought for a moment what you've been complaining about? My goodness, my, my, it took... Ten minutes instead of five for my car to heat up. What's wrong with this stupid old car? Things we complain about. No complaining in our streets. What if you face the things that you could complain about with a praise instead of a complaint? I'm just saying. Because my Bible tells me, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Tell you it'll change your life. I'm gonna tell you it'll change your life. Woo! I said it'll change your life if every time you could complain, you just bit your lip and worshiped God instead. God is good, God is great. I love Jesus. You start doing that enough, and it'll change your world. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Notice that he did not say his praise will be in my emotions. That's not what he said. He said they're going to be in my mouth. Hallelujah. So you don't always feel praise, but you always speak praise. Hallelujah. Hey, if you don't have something good to say, say something anyway that's good. I'm going to say that again because here's what the world says. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. But here's how kingdom people talk. If you don't have something good to say, say something good anyway. You're just trying to be ultra optimistic or positive. Right. It's called faith in Jesus Christ. That's what it's called. And I'm going to speak his goodness because when such and such wasn't good, God is still good. He's still mighty. He's still holy. Hey, when I don't have anything to thank him for, I'll thank him for the blood. I at least thank him for the blood. I'll thank him for his mighty power to save me. You know, the elders used to say, count your blessings. Name them one by one. There was so much wisdom in that. Because when you start doing that, you just start realizing, what am I complaining about? I'm literally clothed and in my right mind. I have, some, I have, a, I have a guarantee today by the grace of God to have food on my table. I have a warm house to go to. And you know what? Maybe, maybe you're not in that position. Maybe you're going through a struggle in your life where some of the things I just mentioned really are things you aren't experiencing right now. But I want you to find something to praise him for. Something. And I'm going to tell you, it's like a stepping stone. One stone of praise will lead you to another. And before long, you'll be living in the land where you'll never grow old. You'll be living in a land of promise a land of beauty no complaining in our streets verse 15 happy is that people that is in such a case yay 
Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Not happy is the people who got their tree decorated. Not happy is the people who have the perfect Christmas song list. Not happy is the people who look like everything's all together. No, no. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, every day can be Christmas Day. Every day when Jesus is Lord, hallelujah, when Jesus is Lord, every day you'll feel like being generous. Every day you'll feel like showing love. And I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not being an unrealist where, where you're not going to have bad days. You're going to have some days that you might say this fits in the bad day category. But every day is a day of thanksgiving. And this is the day that the Lord has made. And I have made up my mind I will rejoice and be glad in it flat tire or no flat tire furnace went out or the furnace is going strong got a Christmas bonus or I didn't get a Christmas bonus no matter what it is you're facing he has made me glad I will rejoice I will rejoice and be glad in it see these these who write the songs, these songs that the world sings and, 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 and just kind of enters what some would call a fairy tale world. But they remember knowing that the Lord spake to Moses and said, speak unto Aaron and tell Aaron to tell my people Israel, the Lord bless thee and the Lord keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee. And give thee peace. And a lot of people stop right there. And they don't read the last verse of number 6. They shall put my name upon the children of Israel. And I will bless them. The blessing doesn't come just by God saying be at peace. And, and, and your, my face shine upon you. No, no. He said, I'm going to put my name on you. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. If you want to, if you want to get in the name, we'll baptize you today in Jesus' name. And that's the only way we'll do it. Because that's the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. At that name, every knee must bow. At that name, every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. My God, have mercy. I want to be in that name. I want to be in that name. Hallelujah. Glory. So when all hell is breaking loose and chaos is inflicting our world and disease runs rampant and people turn against people and people are divided and hateful and malicious and full of strife and full of anger toward one another. You'll pardon me if I slip off my shoes step into some slippers, prop my feet up, sip a little hot cocoa, build a little fire, sing a little song, and say, thank you, Jesus, for keeping me, for keeping my family, for blessing us. No. I'm not going to participate in the strife that's ripping our world apart. I've got Jesus. I've got Jesus. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Somebody lift your hands and receive the word of the Lord. Come on, somebody lift your hands and receive the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, no, no. I'm not going back to the real world on January 1st. I, this is my real world. This is our real world. We live in a place where blessed are the peacemakers. We live in a place where blessed are the meek. We live in a place where blessed are the merciful. We live in a place where blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. 
Come on and stand with me right now with uplifted hands and uplifted hearts. Come on, lift your praises unto the King of kings, unto the Lord of lords. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be his holy name. The old song says, oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. That's where our world lies. Till he appeared. And one of my favorite lines in any Christmas song, Brother Tim. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. See, that's the problem with our world. Our world doesn't feel their worth until he appears and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Hear the angels' voices. Hallelujah. Hark, a word we don't use very much now, but it just means stop, listen, hark, the herald angels are singing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled, Woo. joyful, all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies with angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. I love, I love the next verse. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all He brings. Risen with healing in His wings. Mild He lays His glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory. 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 To the newborn king. I want you to know you serve a God. Who stepped down into your world. Became like you. So you could become like him. I wonder if right now we could we could lift our hearts to the Lord. However you however you see fit. I make these altars open. I you're welcome to pray where you are. Come forward if you need a touch from the Lord. But I want us to say, God, I I don't want to go back to what the world calls the real world. This is my real world. A world where I'm forgiven and I am forgiving. A world where I have peace and I make peace. A world where I've been shown mercy and I give mercy. This is my real world. I need somebody right now to say that's where I want to live. I want to live in faith. I want to live in joy. I want to live with God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I want my children to grow up at peace in their hearts and in their homes. I want them to live in a, a place where forgiveness is normal and love is common. Where grace is extended and where peace flows like a river. I'm not describing utopia. I'm not describing a fairy tale. This isn't the North Pole. This is in us. It's the kingdom of heaven. And it is within us. It is within us. If you believe it and you want to receive it, why don't you come right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on. Come on, that's it in the name of the Lord. Come on, that's it in the name of the Lord. Come on, that's it. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's going to be peace in my home. There's going to be peace in my marriage. There's just going to be. There's just going to be. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to love. I'm going to forgive until there is. 
<laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Come on, somebody, bring that need to God right now. Bring that need to God right now. Bring that need to God right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Woo, glory, 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 hallelujah. And a thousand generations in your family with their children and their children and their children. Laughter and joy. May his presence go before you.